The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. The Wolf, your friendly neighbor host, neighborhood host in the weird Arizona neighborhood. And then across from me, I have my very wise, uh, intelligent co-host, The Bull. He sounds like a demonic monster. I don't know why I'm going back and forth like this, but yeah, well, it was good. That was felt good. like I that was very know, needed good. to do that. I like that a lot. And then we also, again, uh, back in the studio, once again, we have Beowulf, our Irish Gaelic princess. Queen, I guess, actually, queen of the... That's me. Yeah, queen. <laughs> the yeah. Gala the queen. Yep. Hmm, interesting. And that was the butchered intro. Um, we have not been in the studio together in, like, three weeks, two weeks, two All weeks? together? All together? I don't think it's... It's been, like, two weeks. Two weeks. It's been, like, two weeks. So the weeks are melding together. You were gone, and you were with me. We had to hold the fort. Yeah. Did you? Might have been pitiful. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Might have been did great. You hold the Gaelic fort. Ha ha ha! <clears throat> was that what they were called forts? I thought they were just called castles. Well, they were called castles after they they were first like mounds of earth with like you, you know how we're when go- we were a kid. Of course, you guys didn't have any idea. Growing up on a farm, I was I would build forts, and when I was really young, it would start with like there's a big mud puddle in between everything, and you'd form a wall like a levee around the giant puddle and you'd pile up like this doesn't surprise me about like you that. at all you know you're just by the describing time you, by the time you got older you'd have like well for then you went to you graduated to the lincoln log stage first it was sticks and stuff like that and then lincoln logs then blocks and bricks and stones and then sooner or later you had an underground fort a ladder up a tree you're like ben from it you know you're just describing like third world poverty right what are you talking about? Oh, wow. awesome. Just saying. Awesome. Wow. But I first you start out in a puddle of yeah, mud and, right, yeah. and then you but move it, up to building with sticks and eventually you have a little shack. Hey, you should have seen this in the winter. We had I ice lived wars, there. I ice lived wars. There. It was yeah. like it was like Game of Thrones we did all too. over. Speaking again, of Game of Thrones, wall. we just watched the first three episodes of the um what is it called? The, the Dragon, House of Dragon. House of Dragon. Oh, I actually really like Dragon it. House. Really? I was I was a little worried. I'll admit, I was concerned that it wouldn't be my cup of tea. But I love it, and it makes me want to go back and try and watch all the other seasons. No, but I don't know if I'm up for I that. Quite you watched yet. the whole thing before. I did, but you know, what? there's a difference between watching them like over time because that was when they were actually and coming then, out, like, like once a week. You just want to binge them, kind of like yeah, love, but that's love such a con- commitment. Love Continent or whatever. It was. <sighs> oh my god, we got through yeah. one season of that. And now Stop. it's too much. I, I'm going through PTSD. It's not worth bringing up anymore. I went through that one season for for you. 
for you. you and for the, for the audience. He was on there after you go to bed. He's on. Welcome to Love Island. Like I, it was I, like yeah, being a kid eating a whole thing of Oreos, and it was like so great. The moment then afterwards, you're like, oh, it wasn't Oreos. I don't think I can eat Oreos no. again. That's what it was watching in the full season. of Nothing Love compares Island to in, like, Oreos. Four days. Nothing compares to Oreos, and the fact that you're comparing Love Island to Oreos is almost hey. insulting. Tastes great. Um, not stuff. great for you. Oh my god. Oh those my god. and then double what are stuff. those? Those those oatmeal cake things. Oh, little Debbie's oh oatmeal. God, oatmeal those things. I I would murder for those. Um, I they're not oatmeal, little oatmeals or something, but they're like the little they're, wafer. Yeah, things. I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, they've got like cream. Oh, the little like the, the discs. The, things. Yeah, the little the Neapolitan ones. No, we you had them at your house. Yeah, those are the, little Debbie's oatmeal. Cakes oatmeal surprises. Like uh, the oatmeal <laughs> surprises. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Wolf and Bull podcast. That's what we talk about in the first two seconds. How is everyone doing? Everyone okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good to be back okay. in the studio. I think I'm going to go home and build a fort after this. In in some mud? Perhaps. There's <laughs> been plenty of mud here this year for mm. like 30 seconds before it soaks into the, the, the desert, desert ground that is hell. <laughs> yeah. It washes away the the load of scorpions in the backyard or yeah, something. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good old Arizona for you. Um, I'm going to jump right into the monologue. Uh, this episode is interesting it's an interesting one um i as opposed to the other ones yeah yeah as opposed (laughs) to the really interesting other ones this one's just interesting um so i grew up in a time much like a lot of our listeners in which there seemed to be some universal baseline when it came to discussion uh at least that's what it seemed like um we can all potentially agree on some things not all but some and in the event of a disagreement we would still die for one another's right to speak i'm talking about eight-year-olds we would go to war for each other's right to speak i know that that was true for me was it true for you beowulf to to go to war to to war would you me i am nothing but a Traitor, a, traitor. A, a, a young woman who needs to be on the lifeboat first, oh, <laughs> and I will stay you, home and defend the house. Room, would you make room on the door Mm-mm. for Jack? Mm-mm. That's the question. Listen, she knew She'd Jack for off. 48 hours. She had a guy waiting over here with a $2 million necklace. Jack was kind of a creep. Just a little bit, um, and we'll we'll have an episode on that. I'm, he was I, Irish, I understand though. the romance, but I'm just thinking, creepy. in a literal sense, why on earth would she literally just well basically write it like sign her death well, warrant, I'm, I'm gonna, a death warrant, whatever. I'm going to reel you back in because that's a different episode. Yeah, we have it in the I've, works. It's going to be hilarious. I think, he, I think she pried his fingers off the edge of the prop. She did. Yeah, she literally pulled them off, and he was like, no. <laughs> but uh, I've come to the realization, though, back to the monologue, that the Overton window, uh, when it comes to politics and discussion, has shrunk when it comes to the acceptable groups and their vocalizations, but has grown when it comes to the general manner of things. What was once considered unthinkable or radical can be stated with passion and transitioned into policy, depending on your affiliation. It can also be believed in silence if you're unwilling or unable to state your thoughts openly. Lawmakers have decided that it is their duty to shift the Overton window, and radicalized ideologies have come along for the ride. If you're a lefty, one in four of your peers believes men can get pregnant, according to a poll conducted by WPA Intelligence from August 22nd to the 25th. According to polls from six months after the election, 66% of Republicans believe that things were not legitimate. 
I'm making these totally different observations, not because I'm demonizing either of them, but because depending on your group, they are irrefutable. And God forbid, if you refute it in any way, uh, there will be hell or ridiculously higher taxes to pay. Five to ten years ago, one in four of your peers believed you were crazy if you believed in immaculate penile conception. And on the inverse, 66% or more of people thought questioning elections uh, five to ten years ago and their legitimacy was ludicrous. So how then do we reach a friendly compromise? How do we bring the polar fields of discussion, both sitting on the fringes of sanity, back to an agreeable, discussable point? Is it even possible? Should we divorce like the Debbie Downers of society suggest? Or should we nut up like those who came before us and dare look each other in the eyes and figure out a way to move forward? I hope it's the second. The ironic thing about all this is that many resort to rage quitting when the subject gets a little too dicey especially if it's about Sir Sniffs Your Kids in the White House. (laughs) The desire for validation often outweighs the importance of natural discourse. And in turn, it creates a Russian roulette style in society of conversation that we have today. I think this can and will change, though. And the best way that we have to figure this out is to learn about what causes it and uh, to move forward through that confusion. Um, And honestly, in my opinion, the thing that causes all these problems is the abuse of creeping normality. That's what I think it is. Creeping normality. Creeping normality. It's an interesting collision of words, is it not? Or did you come up with that term? That is an actual term. Okay, creeping normality. It's kind of interesting, too, because normality, you know, obviously, supposedly, most people think of normality as being right down the center lane, man, Mm. right? Just, just... Everything is even. It's the median, right? It's a, Or the average, I should say, even better. And then creeping can be considered in a couple of different ways. Either something you would think of about as a, a weed, maybe, creeping through the garden, or as a creepy person and or something that is infiltrating the normality that's there. Now, in your definition, I think what you're talking about is the movement of what we consider normal today. Mm-hmm in one direction or another, as mentioned by the Overton window that you you talked about. Yes, and basically the discussion today is going to kind of go around a lot of... There's there's various forms of creeping normality, um, and all of us have probably heard about them, but they all tie into each other. Um, A very famous one is the boiling frog metaphor. I'm sure we both have heard it. Um, For our listeners and our viewers... Uh, it is scientifically inaccurate for clarification, um, but it is a poignant apologue of the boiling frog, and it goes something like this. If a frog is put into boiling water, it will jump out. But if a frog is put into room temperature water, which is then brought to a boil slowly, it will not perceive the danger and will be cooked to death. This metaphor is often invoked in support of a slippery slope argument as a caution against creeping normality. Now, the interesting thing that I've come to determine after researching this and, and reading about it is I think creeping normality doesn't go in one direction. I think it goes, goes in, both ways. Yes, absolutely does. Um, yeah. And I think the conspiracy, if we were to say there is any conspiracy surrounding it, and this might be a little hard to formulate, so bear with me. Um, the conspiracy is that those who impose the 
things tied to creeping normality want you to think that observing the creeping normality as a negative is bad. I think that's the conspiracy. They don't want you to notice that. They want you to think everything is good, everything is dandy. I think it's even more complicated than that. Mm. And uh, I'm just going to bring this up, and I I think Bale should jump in and give her two cents here because I don't want to override some of her thoughts that are coming through. I can see them. You know, coming out of festering, that, that boiling Gaelic. That's right. But like we had we had somebody Grr. on. We had somebody on a month ago, uh, Professor Jocelyn, mm-hmm. and he talked about the polarization of things. And he was talking specific to politics and to uh, uh, gun uh, laws and going in different. And he was talking about a lot of different things. But he was basically saying that the priorities line up to push people in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Now, using that as context, let's let's think about this Overton window thing for a second. Because an Overton window is designed to show a, a, a linear um, view, a, a, the pendulum almost, as it were, where there's something that's normal or considered fairly Popular, normal, normal in the middle. Standard, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, there's a, actually... Brought a graph, a very important graph, graph. so that I could remember. (laughs) Anyways, the the bottom line: the policy is is kind of designed from supposedly what is sitting in the middle of the Overton window, Mm -hmm. and on either side of this this uh, diagram, there are popular things, sensible things, acceptable things that go finally to radical and unthinkable things. Those unthinkable things, as as the the wolf was talking about, are at the far extremes of both sides when we're talking about politics or really, really any idea. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people believe that the, the function of one side or another of a argument, the radical side is to pull that Overton window in that direction. And I think it's actually more complicated than that because I think there's almost a sub window going on and they're being pulled in opposite directions or they're really not. But one side is of the belief that it's happening. Because if you talk to the left-hand side, the, the progressive radicals, they will tell you everything is getting more conservative and more authoritarian and more populist and more all this other stuff that they don't like. And then you talk to the far-right uh, radicals, and they'll say everything has gone you know, you know, off the reservation as far as uh, the left is concerned, way off the reservation. So both those things can't be true at the same time, can they? I think they can. I do. Um, and Not if you're talking about a holistic view well, well, here's of this the thing. window. I don't think it's holistic. I think it's fabricated. So I think the Overton window is intentionally supposed to be a holistic approach, right? So it's tending to politics and uh, and obviously polis the discussion of society and where people have debate and open discussion about ideas. That is controlled, in my opinion. And I think when I was talking about the conspiracy, what I meant by that is you have a conglomerate of individuals who are aware of this Overton window. They understand that there are certain views on both ends that can be prodded and pushed and pulled. And they intentionally prod and push those views in order to manipulate both sides in such a way where someone who is on the left thinks, oh, my God, the, the, the KKK is at the door. And then someone on the right thinks, oh, my God, everyone's a communist. And I think that causes a problem because it has people get to this point where they can't notice the Overton window. Um, and in that and what I mean by that is they don't notice that these things are shifting in opposite directions of, of their intent. And past that point, you have that group that I'm talking about, that group that controls these things, not allowing anyone but their own 
peers to talk about it, which I think is part of that creeping normality because they don't let anyone outside of the group chat. They don't. Well, I would say this has to do with more of most people living on social media and using platforms with AI functions like algorithms Mm -hmm. that show them the same of what they pay most attention to. So if you're talking about this window being going both ways at the same time, yeah, someone, you know, who is, let's just say a conservative who's constantly consuming conservative content, they're seeing, you know, oh, a lot of people agree with me. This is crazy. And this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger over here. And then on the other side of the coin, you have someone who would say, oh, they're, they're very liberal and they're seeing a lot of the same things as well going in the opposite direction. So could you factor that into this and in saying it just really depends on the person at that point because i have a feeling when i talk to people and they're talking about their political beliefs they seem to always assume no matter what that you're on their side if you're mm-hmm. their friend until yeah. of course you get into yeah. it and then you know especially the last it, couple of years friendships yeah. have ended families have had issues but um it also seems that at least in a in when people who are comfortable with you in like a very basic sense they tend to believe that if this person is friendly with me, they must agree with me politically. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a couple of things I want to unpack there. Okay. If we can, yeah, the first of which is algorithms. Okay. So the algorithms kind of have, uh, behind the curtain fabrications. Two, well, it, it, there's two things that drive algorithms. One is crunching big data, historical big data. Cause that's the only thing you have, right? You don't have future data. You have historical data. So what what these algorithms do is they pull information from all these different data points and they conclude based on previous habits from all the the people using a platform as as your for instance bail is that this is what people are wanting. And what happens on top of that is there's a layer to there so that's that's driving an understanding of where people are at. Mhm. So using the Overton window description, it's driving an understanding of where, where the AI, the historical data, believes that conversation framework is. Mm-hmm. Then there's a second part to the AI, though. It's where do you want it to go? Yeah. You see, that's the part that, that, that's worrisome because I think what's happening is you have, you have this uh, real window that develops into policy. Mm-hmm. which we all can see around us. We can talk about 15 different subjects that all have to do with what we thought five years ago, f- four years ago, three years ago, two years ago was absolutely crazy is now policy. So that tells you that window can shift or better yet that the definitions of what is crazy shifts into a window. But but the, the other side of that again is that if you have uh, a layer, any one of the platforms, that says, hey, this is the behavior I really want to drive. The behavior is here in this window, but I kind of out here, and I want to drive this behavior. So how do I do that? I make sure that I have some kind of that formula that pushes people mm-hmm. to see more and more on the edges of whatever that well, is, right or left. Well, that, and, that's, and that's why I think that it's no longer holistic. I think it's fabricated because almost everything has shown, whether you're on the right or the left now, because time has passed long enough to be able to show both positions to be true. Everything is manipulated by social media. Everything's manipulated 
by online activity. And these, uh, to your point, Bull, these, these algorithms are fabricated somewhere. And we did an episode on, you know, all these big companies and how they lean and how they view things and their personal perceptions on what they truly believe to be authoritarianism. And it's not authoritarian if they're doing it. But it's authoritarian if someone that they don't like is doing it. So, and obviously that goes both ways. That comes from the left and that comes from the right. So my big issue with this creeping normality is that what is now considered normal because of those algorithms would have been unthinkable very shortly ago. Right. And and what I mean by that is not in the sense that people would sit down and bring it up. It wouldn't even be on the register. I mean, because look. You could just take any subject today. Any subject. You could take the su- the subject of uh, um, uh, transgenderism. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take that, that subject. Celia, the, transgenderism, the, the, all that, all stuff. that stuff used to be considered in the unthinkable side. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 let me give you this analogy because uh, having been in business for a very long time, I've got a philosophy on how to get to where you want to go from a business standpoint. Whether you're a salesperson out there or whether you're an entrepreneur trying to accomplish something, you have a product, whatever the case is, what you do is you determine where you want to be in a certain amount of time, wherever that is. So there's there's an old saying, put your your goals in cement and your plans in sand because you want to make sure that this is really truly what I want to do, but you also want to be nimble enough to know you have to might change those plans to get to where you're going to go. But the whole idea is to think backward. You know, it's the old Stephen Covey thing. Keep the end in mind. So if you have a goal uh, that you want to have in five years, X amount of dollars in the bank, in, in this many clients, and doing this, and do, whatever the, the case is, this is the goal. So between now and then is five years. You break it up into year increments, and then you break each of those years into quarters, and you break each of those into months, and you start stair-stepping backward where you need to be at certain time increments along the way. That is exactly what people do to shift the Overton window. Mm -hmm. So this can be a positive or a negative depending on your point of view. So if you want to talk about one of those subjects we we just mentioned and say, okay, uh, this, you know, transgenderism is normative. Ten years ago, I'd have gone, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What do you mean that's normative? So then people talk about, they go, okay, that's the unthinkable. Yeah. Okay, the norm is here. The unthinkable is here. What in between do I have to create or change the language or the definition of to get people to move to that but, position? But I don't think I don't think. Well, I agree with you. I think that's a, that's how it was done prior to that that algorithmic change that we're talking about. Because if you were, if you were, I don't know if you've ever downloaded TikTok. No. How about Reels on Instagram when it started coming I, up? Just okay. recently, and I don't know about any of you, but I know early on my algorithm was a very very interesting mix of things that I yes, would I not that. have been tied into had I have, uh, you know, never touched it. Well, that's the so, thing is when you make a new account, they blast you intentionally, they very blast intentionally you. the same thing, man or woman, you know, that doesn't matter anymore in that sense. No. And it is very much, I mean, if you want to test it out shit. right now, 
inappropriate shit. Do it. So, It'll be young girls dancing. So I had so, to have you change mine because I was like, why am I getting inundated with this stuff? So, I had no I was like, start it. liking photos of landscapes. I had no idea even how to change it. So, so my whole point, though, is I don't think you do. I think that you changing it is just a guise to have it be changed from your perception. The algorithm is the same. Yours is just tweaked slightly. You'll still get that shit every once in a while. But this is what so, I meant by those data points. Right? I understand. So so my whole point coming back to where I was going originally <laughs> is is that this is, this is more or less about someone who's controlling the remote control. They have a remote control pointed to TV and you say, oh, I want to watch sports and they click it to sports and then every once in a while they'll switch it to something ridiculous like, I don't know, yeah, mid-day uh, uh, you know, drama. Well, And they say, no, 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 switch it back. On and then you switch Continent. it back or switch it to Love Continent. And so, so this is out of your control. Well, the reason... It's not something you can control. Well, the reason that they do stuff like that, like say, for example, you're, you're someone like... The, the nature example, you're someone who's really into like drone shots of forests and stuff. You get tons of content like that. Then every once in a while you get a video of, you know, someone dancing. You don't really care about the dancing. You don't really care about that. The reason they do that is because it's an addictive platform. It's like gambling. It's like a slot machine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you lose. So, so you keep going until you find something so you like. Or they're just trying to determine... We watched a, a thing on Netflix a year and a half ago. A, or something. The social dilemma. Yeah, I know social dilemma. And it, it, aren't they just trying to determine? They're trying to get more detail on who you are. They you are, are getting more detail, but that's what they but, say. But, like, they're all, but I don't think it's all nefarious. You, is my point. I'm not the saying the point it is. is. It's it's meant to be addictive. Yeah, but I don't it's think it's meant to it's, be addictive. So so the. This is what you know Mario Kart. That's why they have the the the, that's, the sounds. I don't think it's sound. I don't think it's exactly the same. All I'm saying <laughs> is when you want a product that's going to be used over and over again, that's not a consumable like food or like cleaning products or something. I now have Mario Kart in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying when you have an app, all the top apps do this. They make it an addictive thing. But like all the again, dating apps do I, I'm this. Not, I don't, I don't think like I want to, I want to stop you there. Cause there's a point that I want to make about this. I don't think you're wrong about the addictive nature of things. I think what's wrong about it is that that is somehow uh, a randomized thing that they have implemented into the algorithm. I don't think it's random. I think, I think they did it so, on purpose. Okay. They, that's so, why they... so back to my point is if they're doing it on purpose, and if we're talking about creeping normality, which is supposedly supposed to be a holistic thing and happens all the time with random things, people wore sandals and then over time they realized sandals weren't effective. So they switched to boots and then from boots to Nikes. Okay. So there's various forms of that. But if we're talking about a holistic approach and if someone's controlling the buttons, then whether or not it's addictive is irrelevant because at the end of the day, you're going to see what they want you to see. You walk into a casino, you're going to see slot machines. They're not going to throw a fucking giraffe in there for good measure well, just to see if you like giraffes. It's just like it's it's, it's the you know, same it, as it's the same as like on YouTube where they're I mean, this isn't confirmed, but I think it's pretty obvious that there's favorites, right? That are pushed you and mean like recommended. You mean owned? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. It's probably the same thing. And think about AI. AI is created by man and trained quote-unquote by us using the platform so. see but but again this and, and i don't I, I think bull's right about it all not being nefarious but recent events would show that it's only partially true 
Well, well I think they, they've the used same. both ways. Is whole, well, I, whole I, I would say that it's used more nefariously than otherwise. And the reason I say that is well, because Twitter came out and was like, oh, yeah, no, all of our stuff is totally see, real. Think, all of our I stuff think, isn't bots. And well, they were lying. Well, if I think part of that's very in, not intentional, though. Not intentional. Ah, I really do. Have you heard of hate watching before? Hate watching. Hate watching. It's a term online. It's a term that people use when something they disagree with or someone they don't like, they they very very much don't like, they will purposely seek out their content to watch it or listen to it. Mm -hmm. They don't like it. Usually they join in like a a Reddit group or something to, you know, talk about it together and how much they don't like the person or the content or whatever. So how does that factor in here? Because that's something they don't agree with or a person they don't like or they vet, like say politically. Like, for example, let think of a controversial political figure, Donald Trump. How many people on the left would hate watch Donald Trump but, or, or follow his tweets adamantly? But I don't know if so that's... So does that factor into what you're talking about? Because it, they, no, they I don't, disagree, I don't so. but they're consuming the content even more I don't think and it's so. more active The reason I don't think so is because it, it, this is someone going out of their way using the platform. I'm talking about how it sits as it is by itself. To Bull's point... In almost every episode we've had, it, anything that's not used is just—it's just a paperweight, a gun, a phone. Anything that's not used is a paperweight. So by itself, an algorithm. What is it by itself? What does it do by itself? And if the intent of something like Instagram, when you boot up Instagram on your phone or you boot up your phone, and the intent is to show you dancing underage girls. How was that on accident? I and don't I, get not, those videos. I'm not saying. Well, then, I don't. It, then obviously they know that we're male which is really insidious. And when it comes to, you know, Twitter and stuff like that, I don't think that it's all nefarious, but you don't accidentally create bots. You don't accidentally lie about, you know, your numbers. You don't accidentally try and sway things when it comes to the legitimacy of free and open elections. You know, technologies in general are rife with this because even only usually the first adopters of certain technologies have the wherewithal to understand kind of where it's coming from, where it's going. Mm-hmm. Blockchain is a great example of that today. If you talked about blockchain to most average layman out there, they, they go, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Blocks, what blocks, bricks, but you know, I have no idea. But so the, the undercurrent of that is if you are very intelligent about blockchain or about AI algorithms, then you know how to manipulate them. And in in our society, where the driving force is capitalism and bringing money home, and your stock is you going to blow that into the billion dollar category and be the next mm-hmm. unicorn, mm-hmm. then whether whether you're trying to be you know a, a, a good citizen or not, you tend to. And I'm not excusing any of this. I'm really not trying to do it. I'm just saying it's these things. These things tighten over time, and they tighten through competition. They tighten through the the clientele either not or using those platforms. In those, for instance, so back to your point though, because this creeping normality is very interesting to me as it attaches itself to the Overton window theme, if you will, and the the nature of this lends itself to pushing people or pulling people in directions that a very elite few can guide. Yeah, inside inside traders. Inside traders, the people that know the algorithms, so, the people that are biased or, or are owned by left or right-leaning this and that. So that's so, why I think there's an argument for decentralization. 
right? That we've, we've, we've yeah, but you can see that ha- you can see that that is a driving force on a lot of individuals, mm-hmm. but it's the opposite of what the governments who ha- we we are supposedly giving this power to want. Yeah, and that's why I think to the point of like hate watching to Beowulf's point, I think that it applies if we're talking about universal um, free activity. Right. So if we're talking about someone watching Donald Trump because they hate Donald Trump, one, I think the numbers of that are significantly lower than people think they are. I think they're inflated. I think people who look at that want to utilize that as an excuse to explain away a uh, a, a form of obsession, which is likely something that people need to go get help for instead of utilizing social media for it. Um, but when it comes to like uh, like back to the boiling frog thing or even when you're talking about um. Um, the decentralization of things, like when it came to blockchain or when it came, to, hopefully one day when it comes to the internet. DeFi. DeFi. Yeah. Um, Centralized finance is yeah. the big thing right I mean, now. hopefully it goes that way because that'll be better yeah, for everybody. Look who's going to get control of it. The banks are trying to control well, that. Well, if we don't let them control it. The centralized it, banks the are idea, trying to be the biggest DeFi The idea is to not let them control it. Um, and that's why we have this problem because creeping normality suggests that, oh, we're going to introduce this thing that's a great new idea, but eventually hmm, we need someone to take, you know, bull... We need you to handle that. We need you to be the face of DeFi because how we wouldn't be able to operate by itself independently. That would be utter chaos. It would be free enterprise, and we don't want that. And, you know, when it comes to the boiling frog syndrome, just to get us back on track, it's been utilized across the board for anything and everything. Um, and it's a good example. I mean, people can utilize it, but it was used uh, in the 60s against those who were sympathetic towards the Soviet Union. It was used in the 80s by survivalists when it came to the impending collapse of civilization believe it or not we have been an impending collapse since the forever, 80s forever has that has that ever changed no uh, and in the 90s and it was it was and still is about inaction to re- in response to climate change and we have been climate changing forever um and by it's also been used by my ilk uh the libertarians um in warning about the slow erosion of civil civil liberties so we've engaged in the nonsense too um, but really, the metaphor is like the, I want to say it's the Sorites, I could be pronouncing this wrong, the Sorites Paradox, um, which describes a hypothetical heap of sand from which individual grains are removed one at a time, and it eventually asks if there's a specific point when it can no longer be defined as a heap. Um, it's all perspective. It's all it? perspective. Um, yeah. Kind I mean, of. grains of sand can be defined as giant boulders if you're looking at it from the minute correct so, so it's 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 always perspective it's always perspective yeah and i you know it's funny because this this whole this whole thing we're talking about slippery slope uh, frog boiling kind of stuff and overton window creeping normality gradualism they they all yeah and i, I you've everybody out there has heard me say a million times i'm an incrementalist right mm-hmm. which is which is code for i want to move slow methodical it's i know it's not the bull's nature i'd rather crash through the china shop but it's you know <laughs> hey I I believe that because I the thing that's happening now that is disconcerting about this is I watch the Overton window changing, growing, shrinking is maybe more accurate from my point of view, but I I watch it changing. But at the same time, there's this element that says no, burn it down, start over, and that's not creeping normality. That's expanding. That would be the expanding of the Overton window. But it's not. But that's that's not creeping. No, I understand. You know what I mean? It's it's like. It's like setting off a bomb. Yeah. Well, so, go ahead. Bill. Oh, I was just gonna say. Think of how how um, think of how slowly things 
quote, changed in comparison to the last 50 years, you know? You remember a time when internet wasn't a thing. We don't. Uh, I remember remember a time when only a handful of people, scientists in the world, were even thinking about this idea of interconnecting computers. But just think about that a second. That was not that long ago. No, it wasn't. We don't remember a time when internet wasn't a thing. And think of how huge of a change that is. We're sitting here... Whoever's watching or listening to this is listening to it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I think to to back to the I mean it makes a lot of sense and I think it's a valid point. Back to the the bull's observation though, I think you said something that's that's unique. You said for you you feel that the Overton window is closing. Uh, no, I think what I mean is that it's a lot of people talk about the sliding scale, this mm-hmm. Overton window that slides in one direction or another toward these radical or unexpected ideas. I think. Instead of that, what's happened is that the the, the policy middle mm-hmm. in the normalized central area, instead of instead of having it slide in one direction or another, it's expanding to include everything. Yeah, okay? and I think that's what and, I meant by the conspiratorial nature of things. Well, I think that's absolutely the wrong way to think. I let me let me qualify this properly because I think people should be able to talk about everything radical or not that they want to, and determine. You know, because that's kind of part of human nature to move the needle at least a little bit in one direction. The problem I have is that when, when, when people start to understand this and are guided in a nefarious manner or an AI manner or an algorithmic manner to in, intentionally, intentionally take radical ideas and try to put them in the center, and and they don't, they don't, maybe they don't even know they don't have the majority. Of, of people believing that because l- let me, I, I know I'm babbling a little bit, but the way I look at it is more like a Venn diagram mm-hmm. than a sliding scale. Yeah. So you've got this central communication control and we oh, had nice. a, we had more than one podcast about the right. legacy media platform. All the Overton window. They have the entire thing. They have control. Of all right. Of but it. instead of a slide, I want you to think about it like a wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got, you've got media in the middle. The, and I say media, but it's the communication element, right? The ability to disseminate information and control information is key to every single thing we're talking about here. And attached to that by spokes are all the other elements. Radical left, radical right, um, you know, me, uh, uh, more uh, centralized, but off a little bit to this way. And that the, the, anything you can think about, any subject you can think about is surrounding that. And the idea would be that that media element in the middle, that hub in the middle, is giving equal time to all of it, right? There's there's actually laws in place that, that say you have to give equal time advertising to political parties. They don't do it. <laughs> they just simply censor one versus another these days, right? But my whole point is, it's, if you think of it as a Venn diagram, the, the, the window itself, the Overton window, is a circle that encompasses at least a portion of all of that with the radical elements being outside that Overton window. And now what's happening is is it's it's become oblong, or it's become dis, dysfunctionally, dis, dis, uh, it, it's not even a circle anymore. Yeah. Because it's, it's reaching out further to one way, or reaching out to another, and it's unbalanced. And that's the problem we have, because it unbalances everything. Well, yeah, and I think that that's a good visual. Um, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that visual personally. I, I see it more of just a... a uh, three line graphs or four line graphs and the you know the main graph is the 
you know, the media powers that be, all the people who are wealthy, all the people who are in power, all the people who have money, all the people who are living lives that are nothing like anyone else's, who live in their own bubbles. Then you got people on the right, people on the left, and people who are othered, which are people who are not affiliated because they're tired of the nonsense. And the people who are on the right or the left on any given four-year period or eight-year period are a part of that window in which the window expands to include them and it tailors to their own policies and their own viewpoints. But if you're not a part of the group, then your Overton window closes. So my whole point is what you said earlier is I think what is a little bit more accurate in my opinion because I think right now for people who don't agree with the popular narrative, the Overton window for those individuals where they can speak, what they can say, how they can think, all that jazz it does not is smaller. Them. It doesn't include them. It doesn't include them at all so, unless they're willing to change. Well, unless they're willing not to change, unless they're willing to become a part of the Borg. So it's it's not necessarily changing. It's just a, a involving yourself with the ideas of others and silently hey, fighting against it. Jean-Luc became part of the Borg, but he got out of that. Too. You're speaking a different language to me. I've never watched Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, I'm sorry. I've seen maybe one or two episodes. Yeah, I have same to. guy that played Doctor. No, I know, I know who it is. Yeah, X or whatever his name was. Professor Psycho. Xavier. Professor Xavier. Yeah, Psycho. Psycho. Professor Psycho. Professor Psycho from X Men. Um, no, I, I I would agree with that. I, I but I, I think my point, and I didn't describe it very well because I needed a, a whiteboard to do it. I think, but circles. But <laughs> exactly, exactly, <Circles>. it <laughs> is that those that control the dissemination of the information control the size and scope and what fits into that window period end of story now here's the thing is i don't necessarily know if it's ever been as bad as it currently is today i don't think it has been because i think that there was a way to separate yourself and we've had this discussion about you know so I was going to grab my phone, but it's right there looking at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you had this thing about social media and whether you can separate yourself today and not utilize it. I tend to be on the very cynical. No, you can't. You have to be involved by proxy. You have to be because of jobs and all that jazz. Now, obviously, there's another discussion, whole other podcast for that. Um, but I personally think that it's never like the creeping normality has never moved quite as fast as it currently is today, and nor do I think the Overton window has never been as manipulatable See, I think um, as you just I just think you hit the number one thing about all of this that, that disrupts our psyche and our human nature around all these different subjects, the speed. Mm-hmm. We have, we, all these things we talk about have happened numerous times throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. But they've happened in cycles. Much slower. In a nice, slow, methodical, well, incremental way. Maybe not always. With the, the exception of with the exception of war and stuff like that. Well, war is one yeah. of those one of those tipping point, you know, historical moments where that disease. tends to change a lot of things and usually either speeds up or destroys or both, you know, certain portions of our ability as civilized human beings to, to progress. Yeah. But but in general, these things have happened throughout time. The problem now is it's happening in supersonic speed. Well, and the question that I have then is it maybe shouldn't be referred to as creeping normality or gradualism anymore. Because the idea of gradualism, as we've discussed very briefly, but so people have a really clear understanding, concise understanding, is it's um, when a major change can be accepted as normal and acceptable as long as it happens slowly uh, through small, often unnoticeable increments of change. Um, they, and they tell you to do this when you're trying to make a goal, like yeah, you were talking about earlier. Every single thing, every single thing, positive or negative. I mean, whether you try to make a goal or whether you try to... Small, seemingly insignificant know, decisions. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, what's, increments of change. What was the the, the book? Yeah, it, 
you probably remember it off the top uh, of your head. It's a great, great uh, book. Um, Slight Edge. Thank Slight you. Edge. Yes. And I don't remember the author's, author's name, but it's all about this. Mm-hmm. And it is the philosophy actually behind compound interest, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Unnoticeable, minute mm-hmm. addition. Jeff Olson. Thank you. Well, yeah. And I think that, that that's, and that's why, you know, to be very clear to our audience and our viewers, this is not a negative or positive. It is just is. It is a thing. Um, and just a little bit of background about Creeping Normality. Jared Diamond in 2005, he wrote a book called Collapse, How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed. Um, hilarious name, uh, kind of. Um, and his theory uh, is was used to describe why Easter Island natives would chop down the last tree on their island. Um, and I quote, I suspect, though, that the disaster happened not with a bang, but with a whimper. After all, there are those hundreds of abandoned statues to consider. The forest the islanders depended on for rollers and rope didn't simply disappear one day. It vanished slowly over decades. Now, there's there's some evidence that they did more than just chop down trees at the yeah. end. They were like uh, consuming each other. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's, you read about Easter Island and some of the things that happened there that, that society might have been changed by drought, might have been changed by a lot of different things. Matter of fact, there was a main lake or pond mm-hmm. that started to evaporate over a like a decades period mm-hmm. of time that really sent things again to a tipping point. Yeah, and that's a Malcolm Gladwell book, by the way, that I would recommend as well. Tipping, tipping point. point because yeah, I I have always thought of it from a scientific background. I like to call it phase transition, and and it, I truly do. This is this is something I've thought of over years and years and years because, well, think of one element. Water. Mm-hmm. It's got three basic states, right? It's it's uh, a solid, ice, and it's liquid, water, and then it's a gas. Vapor. It's a vapor, excuse me. Not a gas, no, well, a vapor. Yeah. You're absolutely, whatever. They, but the whole point is, is those things, you would, the gradualistic nature of it does not occur. Mm-hmm. The temperature changes, the frog in the, the water changes, right? Yeah. But if, if you start with ice and you gradually in- increase the temperature, it doesn't start to change till water till when? What temperature? Fahrenheit. Come on, guys. Come on, science Boiling experts. point? No. Change to water. Oh, oh, water. 32 Thank you Fahrenheit. very much. Okay, you get a you get a gold star over there. It's been a while since high school. And then it doesn't change until it hits the boiling point again. Yeah. yeah. See, and, I got ahead so, of myself. So those, those things, it's state- this is this is my point about the current nature of this creeping normality or this Overton window. It's like it's like you think about a pendulum swinging nice and easily back and forth. You say, okay, we're going back and forth. We change over time, cycles, blah blah. blah. It's not like that. It's like it the it stays a certain state for a period of time, and then bam, you, something happens and so it changes to the next we've, state. We've hit the. That's what it feels like. Boiling point or freezing point? No, no I would Whoa, say I would boy, say good question. Right I there. would say neither. I would say it was well. I mean, obviously either or, but it wasn't something that holistically occurred. I guess it was it's something just that a was question forced. of glass half full or half dip. Yeah, but the glass yeah. half full what do I argument, say? the glass half full argument, should always be based around something in a controlled situation being measured out evenly to the begin with, and we can talk about evaporation or all that jazz. In this instance, someone just took the water and poured it out. But see, this, the state in which something is right now is the state we all believe in our uh, life period. There's, there is a starting point. Yeah. There is a stasis that we believe is that equilibrium spot that is 
that is what we like, what we share in common with the rest of the, 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 the normality, the middle of that over to a window. And the problem is, is this is why we talk about generation so much and how it's very interesting to me because what is normal for your generation is seriously not normal for mine. Yeah, but you guys were the one that made all the changes. Well, so it would have to be but, normal. But for we you might guys. have see. But here's the thing: we might have made changes, little baby steps at a time. No, by no, the, no, 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 no. Let me finish. <laughs> by the time, by the time, by the time you got around into a place where you're thinking about this stuff, the state of equilibrium instead of being here was here or here or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so your normal stasis, your mm-hmm. part, your belief that the norm is here. Mm-hmm. See, I, dis- I disagree with that. And you know I disagree with that. And it's not well, because wrong, of you. But that's I'm okay. Not, you're I'm not at all. You have the right to be um, wrong, and I'll die for that right to be well, wrong. Well, and it's not because of you. It's because of general generalities, um, and I don't think you're part of any of it. Uh, but with that being said, I would say that the the demographic that we just brought up was also probably engaging in what I would consider to be Ling Chi, which is actually the uh, Chinese uh, tactic associated. Is that the, is that the cabbage that they put underground and be careful kimchi kimchi <laughs> yeah no ling chi <laughs> i know i'm joking <laughs> my goodness let's be let's be careful mr uh we changed all the rules not us uh ling chi uh translated variously as a slow process lingering death slow slicing or the death by a thousand cuts uh, also ties into creeping normality. Now, the term Ling Chi first appeared in a line in chapter 28 of the 3rd century BCE philosophical text, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Chin Si. Uh, the line originally described the difficulty of traveling in a horse-drawn carriage on a mountainous terrain. Later, it was used to describe the prolonging of a person's agony when the person is being killed. An alternative theory suggests that the term originated from the Kitan language as the penal meaning of the word emerged during the Kitan Liao dynasty. Uh, originally a form of torture and execution used in China and in Vietnam and Korea from roughly 900 CE up to the early 1900s. It actually ended in 1905. Um, a knife was used to methodically remove portions of the body over an extended period, resulting in death. Or if you're the demographic that I'm talking about, you slowly incrementally raise the prices of houses because of the view, baby, until they cannot be owned by anyone but banks. Well, here's the thing. How... Lynchy. I think the banks did that. Well, well, here's something to consider. A friend just told us this the other day. Because a lot of people say, well, the only way you're going to get a house now is if your family gives you the house they bought. Only fans. <laughs> if your family, you know, you have a family house that you've had since you were a kid and you're going to inherit it one day. Well, the thing to consider is, Sure, but you still have to pay property tax on that house, and your property tax is going to be assessed once your parents end up willing the house to you. It's going mm-hmm. to be assessed in whatever year it is today, not the 35, 45 years, 55 years ago when they bought it, which means you still might not be able to well, afford that house. Plus, on top of that now, the uh, capital gains tax, right? Not capital gains and, tax. The, you the know, death tax is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because... God knows everybody needs to collect their money. So that, well, well, let's go down well, that road again. Bottom line is that, you know, house ownership is still possible. It's just that. But okay, that let's, let's roll forward been, on this. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's use this as an example of the Overton window <laughs> creeping <laughs> normality. <laughs> okay. Back, back in the late nineties. And I don't remember the name of the, the rule that happened during um, the Senate put together, uh, during the Clinton administration that was trying to help uh, everybody get what 
the, the American dream was. Was that the assault weapons ban? <laughs> exactly. <that too. laughs> no, the, the American dream became and was forwarded as this idea of everybody needs to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way we can make that happen as a government is to help those that can't help themselves mm-hmm. as well in that, or, or a little light on the down payment or a little bit uh, on the side of more risk for the banks. So we're going to tell the banks that they must have a certain amount of people that are on the riskier side allowed to be have mortgages because we want everybody to have a house. Okay. Right. So roll that forward in 2008. Kaboom. There's a lot of things we could talk about along that line, but so now, okay. The radical idea, right? The, the, the unacceptable Overton window frame, unthinkable or radical. Nobody owns a house anymore. Nobody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lynchy. Well, that's okay. what we're, that's, it's I mean, death that's by a, a thousand cuts. Is, who, is that really who, so radical anymore talking about who it today? Was, no, it's in fact, it's expected. Who, who was it who said um, in, in a couple of years, you'll own nothing and be happy? W, the, yeah, w, I mean, yeah. they're, they're pushing Schwab. for that now, yeah. you know, saying that. It's Klaus Schwab. Okay, well, if yeah. you make everything unaffordable, then you must be dependent on someone else. And it was the World Economic Forum. And yeah. that's what happens. And so if you have to be dependent on someone else, we're going to have to have a power structure in place to handle those that are need to be dependent on you. The World Economic Forum but, comprised but, of everyone who's not a millennial. So what are um, we going to do? Are we so, going to have like the same thing they had back in, you know, yes, England, times. for example, yep. where you had a, a lord of the land and your little section of yeah, plot that would rent out? What do you do? What do you think student loans are? What do you think uh, house loans are? The lord of your land is the bank. You take money from them to pay for the thing and you're indentured to them for the period of time until you pay it off. It's always been the case. Well, you, we you just transition on, you, things. You do realize from a very technical standpoint, it, you don't, any money you have in the bank is not yours. Yeah. 100%. All the bank does is say, give me your money so that I can invest and I'll give you a little bit back. And the I'll guarantee, quote unquote, guarantee, it's not a guarantee. Here is it's, that, not a guarantee. it's an IOU. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you have is an IOU mm-hmm. from a bank. And, and here's, here's people, where most people are like, well, and this is this is where I, and this is like the financial thing that we were watching a little bit ago with that one guy. This is where I think people get wrapped up on this. And this is why, again, I want to make it very clear. I think the bull and all of his friends that are in the demographic, they're the only good ones. Um, my point being the people who are in power structures, the people who are making these changes are the ones to be at blame, in my opinion. And what I mean to when I mean to bring up Ling Chi, it is almost utilized today that idea, that creeping normality, that gradualization, the uh, and other forms that we're talking about, eventually we'll talk about the normalization of deviance and uh, tyranny of small decisions. Um, all of these things are being utilized against a populace that has done, according to the populace, no wrong. The people in power don't see it that way for some reason. And the you reason why? Be, well, because it's always that way. Uh, they don't want to lose power. Um, that's the only net is the life, death, and the struggle between power bases are the three things that are given and guaranteed in life. They believe they're at the tipping point with is enough uh, energy behind them, with enough people. Mm-hmm. That they'll that never have to ever change anything ever again. Yeah. They, they truly believe that. I think they're right. And that's why well, I hope they're not. Well, that's why I but, say people, they're closing the door. And I'm going to keep saying that because that's what's happening. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, it, normally the death of a thousand cuts. Obviously, the, the historical aspect behind that has been a little westernized um, and isn't entirely accurate. And we'll get into that in a second. But it was normally reserved for people who did heinous crimes. So like treason, matricide, patricide. Um, matricide? Mass- 
ma- matricide. Like killing mattresses? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> treason, mass murder, uh, the murder of one ma- ma- one's master or uh, employer, which would be considered petty treason. That's um, master side. Ma- <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. Yeah, it was, it was it great. That was really great. Uh, so the process, um, obviously, was not as accurate from our perspective. Um, like when they, when they said death by a thousand cuts, it's not really what it means. Um, according to the uh, a Confucian principle of filial piety, to alter one's body or to cut the body are considered unfilial practices. Ling Chi therefore con- contra- contravenes the demands of filial piety. In addition, to be cut in pieces meant that the body of the victim would not be whole in spiritual life after death. This method of execution became a fixture in the image of China among some Westerners. In the Yuan dynasty, a hundred cuts were inflicted, but by the Ming dynasty, there were, only, there were records of 3,000 incisions. It is described as a fast process lasting no more than 15 to 20 minutes. Reason being is because you would eventually pass out from, you know, blood loss or, uh, you know, exhaustion or pain. Um, and, and I think that in a very slow way, in a gradual way is happening right now. If you can look at the economic situation right now in the country mm. and it could shift, it could shift. I mean, I don't want to be uh, Debbie Downer. It could. Um, but right now it's, it's the old story of the dog on the porch, right? And, yeah, kind and of. those that are in power think that we're the dog on the porch and we're, we're, yeah, I'm not, should I tell the story now? Nah. Should I? No, well, I mean, you, you like can, story? No. you can tell it. I mean, go ahead. We, yeah, we, just got, we got things. <laughs> I've, I've saw I've like nine pages of notes here. We have to go through all the various forms. Well, of hey, I go mean, ahead. I don't want to, you know, no. give the audience death by a thousand cuts by telling him any more bad dad jokes. Go ahead and tell the, so no, you I'll just did the one dog more. Alone, you did one more. No. You did another one. I know. <laughs> yeah. Over you're you're the, uncontrollable. The, no. <laughs> the whole point is, is that we've got a, we've got a populace that is complaining like crazy, like a dog howling on a porch that won't move off the nail he's laying on. And nobody knows why mm. they don't they because the you answer, you remember the answer, the punchline to that whole thing is because it doesn't hurt bad enough. You can't move. And you're an entire group of people that are sustained by a system that was set up intentionally to fail. That's what them. we're talking about is moving them. No, no, no. Me, no. I talk about moving them incrementally or gradually. No, no, no. That's the point that we're getting at. But what the situation is, is the game is already fixed against them. You can't take the 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 the, uh, the checkerboard and flip it and say, okay, we're going to start all over again unless we go back to the burn everything down message. You can't take a system. That is what's going on. I know. So my whole point being is you you want everyone to get off the nail. Getting off the nail requires them to throw out the system that we all we have for years been like, oh, this is fantastic. This is wonderful. No, the nail is being pounded up in them. I mean, that's what's going on, man. It's <laughs> what a way to put uh, that. The nails being hammered right into us. <laughs> what? It's, that's what's going on. Uh, it's, yeah, not, so, it's not like the nail was sticking up and the dog laid on it and said, "I ain't getting off." So that's it's what the, the the dog laid down and somebody keeps tapping on the nail. Yeah. So that's the difference in it, stories, right? Because the I, original it story, doesn't just I, hurt. I get that. Yeah. Because you're lying on it. it also hurts because someone keeps. It's like someone, it hold, it's someone holding you down and nailing something it, into look, you is what it comes Look, down there to. is a process going on right now in this country first because we want to be the freaking first at everything, in, in, I, which is I, I don't know why the hell we do that. But, <laughs> but in any event, we're trying to be first at all. Look, three years ago, three years ago, there were people in Washington touting a multi-trillion dollar Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. 
95% of the people out there were laughing their asses off at this. No, why would anybody do that? Why would you spend money for the next four generations to try to change our country from something that away from something that actually built the country? There's nobody out there, very few people out there that don't believe we can get cleaner and better at what we do and don't believe that we need to move toward a better model of energy consumption and, and uh, distribution and all that kind of stuff. But we've gone from that three years ago to that is exactly what's happening now. Yeah. That is the primary example, one of the primary examples today of that Overton window mm-hmm. being moved right across something that was incalculable three years well, ago. It was only moved, well, though, because a, a group of individuals literally unilaterally were put into a position of power where they control every everything. part of the so, media that exactly. dominates the communication repeats that over so, and over and over and yes, over and over and because over and they're over. all a part of the same group so so my I, point yes so and you're right so so the point that i think is the, the problem here is that originally it's not supposed to be one unilateral group operating as a hive mind in an agreement that's something that i think needs to be understood by people on the left and the right we get into this weird echo chamber of if i sit down with someone who's a who's a liberal and i say i don't agree with your position on i don't know on uh crime or on or trans Genderism and sexuality, and or on uh, or on taxes, or on um, uh, on literally anything. If I sit down and have dis- one inkling of a disagreement, everything becomes World War Three. The same goes for the other end. If I sit down with someone and say, you know what, I think questioning the legitimacy of every election going forward is going to be a consistent thing because we keep bringing up the narrative, the world gets set on fire. The problem isn't necessarily the gradual movement of things. The problem is the overreaction on behalf of people who believe they have to think like their friends. Right? Am I wrong in saying that? Am I wrong in saying that everyone who's a part of these groups deep in it literally, I am a Borg, I say the same thing, A plus B equals C. They all say the same thing. Well, this might come back to a a tangential topic, but a lack of community that has disappeared in a lot of ways over the when past. When did community mean echoing the ideas of everyone around you? Community. A lot. I think every that, single idea. Um, not, well, there's nuance in everything, but at the same time, think about it. Even the communities that were still established. I mean, schools, work, church, mm-hmm. places where people usually have some sort of community were all sent home for years. And then it got normalized that you keep it online where you have, like we said, these AI situations that are manipulating what you think is normal. Because I could sit here, I can think of two people off the top of my head who are completely opposite ends of the coin politically, who both think different things are completely normal. And and they're radically different, like mm-hmm. radical. Both of them push to the edge. There's no consensus anymore so, because there's yes. no community. No. Is what so it's what whatever you want to believe... That's what's no, normal. I don't, I don't think that there's no consensus. I think that there is an over-requirement of consensus on both ends. You can't be a part of the in-group unless you parrot everything the in-group says. That's why I think we have the issues that we have. Because if I sit down and I, if I sit down with a group of conservatives who are hyper-conservative, there is data su- to suggest that they're a little bit more open to alternative ideas, believe it or not, which is weird because you wouldn't think that's the case today. There is data to suggest that. We should have an episode on that because that would be an interesting episode. On the other end of the spectrum, though, if I said certain things, 
I'd be kicked out of the group immediately just by saying those certain things. That's why. Uh, that's why it's it's hard. As as we were talking with uh, Professor Joslin, it was really hard to talk with him about being in the middle. Not because I don't agree with it, because I do agree with it, and that's how I like to operate in a lot of ways. But because if I operated in that way in real life, I don't think I'd have a lot of friends. Frankly, I don't. I think people people have become so polarized, yes, to your point on the, the technology, but also to the point that the argument is no longer a consensus of ideas, an open, uh, open forum of ideas. It's a closed forum of ideas. And that goes all the way back to what I was talking about with mm-hmm. this, this idea of the polarization and, and or the window is so narrow. But the it's narrow on both ends. Window, the acceptable window is narrow. It's, but it's narrow for different spectrums. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, 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 it's crazy because it's a redefinition. We talked about this in other podcasts as well Is there's this redefinition going on about everything. And part of that is to normalize what is not. But to, to your point earlier, I, I mean, there's always been groups, the in-groups, the out-groups, the this. I mean, just think about high school. Think about your high school and all the different groups that were there. You, you got the the jocks and the burnouts and the the eggheads and the this and the, you know that that was kind of the way all high schools were. Maybe it's changed over time since my generations, but there was still people. Very rarely were in multiple groups mm-hmm. or accepted by all of them as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it was because part of the definition, part of their character, was defined about the groups they're in. That's not any different than it is today, but it goes back to what we were talking about half an hour ago, the speed of information, the speed in which an AI is trying to move you in one direction or another. What was it the other day? Uh, uh, what's his name that owns Facebook? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg was, was on Rogan. He was talking about how he, does, he, does, he didn't want to build something that was negative. So he doesn't promote content that has the mean, mean right. face emoji or of whatever course. it is, right? Yeah. He's full of shit. Well, he's, that's an interesting thing to say. He's, but isn't that what we're talking about here? Because well, what he basically did is say, "Hey, uh, here, here's here's a statement of information that somebody's putting out, and people are liking it or not liking it, but and they have an option to have an emoji on there, negative or positive." Well, if you don't like the emoji, that why would you put a negative emoji on there for somebody to utilize if you're then going to use that as part of the criteria not to put that up on a higher ranking? See, there's I, a reason for it. I think he's I think he's letting the cat out of the bag a little bit there. Exactly. Um, because he said he he latched onto something as pointless as an emoji for a negative atmosphere without acknowledging that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all these organizations owned by these multi huge almost pseudo um, crony capitalist organizations that are basically monopolies. Every single one of them has, in my opinion, really huge net negative on society, like a big one to the point where no one really wants to talk about it. Cause then we actually have to reevaluate how we operate with each other. Because again, we talk about that lack of community. Well, the lack of community is, 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 is something that we all agreed to do. That's what it was. We all decided to put turn on a phone. We all decided to pretend that that thing was a tool, that that was effective in a positive way without actually thinking about how it could have a negative effect. We all were blinded by the beauty of what could have been. And that's why we have the problem we have today. We have data mining. We have issues of invasions of privacy. We have uh, to a level that has not been to before in human history, the ability for, for someone to pr- not only predict, but to manipulate how you choose to operate online. It's not about predicting anymore. It's about manipulation. 
You can you we can talk about the the dancing girls or whatever, but that's not even the problem. The problem is the fact that whenever I look at a, a website and I tr- p- click on an ad, that company tracks me wherever I go. That company knows exactly what I'm doing. The company knows my entire search history. That company can look into all my data and information and mine it without any repercussions. That's the negative part here. Yet Mark Zuckerberg's worried about emoji. We're worried about how we feel in relation to a picture that, by the way, well, Instagram no longer up, gives shit about. Are, people are giving up their privacy intentionally. Yeah, it's because, all it's all because an agreed they to believe thing. there's something they're gaining from the ability of those AIs to look at them and track them, and because now somebody's going to send a, a little mm. option for a shoe or this or that that you wouldn't have gotten so. otherwise. I don't think so. Because instead of you having to search for the newest Nike shoe or whatever the case may be, it's going to come to you. I'm just saying this is this is the, that's the, from the perspective, the, the perspective of us. Of we know how that works. But see, the the analogy I want to get back to for a second. You, we were talking about Zuckerberg and Facebook and all this kind of stuff. And think think about this. Think okay, suddenly today. And luckily, we're still on online, so you guys can see us and hear us. But suddenly, there is no internet, okay? And you move into a city, mm-hmm. a small city, a few thousand people. Let's say it's 10,000 people, okay? You are part of that city, whatever the name of that city is, anywhere USA. And so there's a, a collective understanding that everybody is part of anywhere USA. Houses, apartments, whatever, and and there's a government for that city. And the government leans one way or not one way. And some people have library cards because they want to be in a group of people that read. And some people go to the Moose Lodge because that's what they want to do. And some people then join a bowling league because that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And some people go to the PTA because that's what they want to do because they have kids. And so, so what happens over time is these cities of 10,000 people end up being a collection of smaller groups. This is not any different than what's happening now the speed in which it happening is the difference. I, I don't know. I, I think that that's true, but I think it's partially true. I think that there there is a difference between what's happening now and that. Because you gave every example there of, I went to go do something. I went to go and engage people, with something. People recruit people no, but all there's the a, time. But there's a difference, though. Because if I leave my home and I go and talk with people face-to-face, as an interaction, someone knows me, they can recognize me, I have the interaction, I can build that community by developing a presence within that community. Right now, we have a group of individuals that develop nothing. You're developing something in a world that does not exist. That's if you believe that you're not living in... in without, without, techno, without electricity, does it exist? Without, oh, yeah. without, I mean, that, but that's what it's, I'm talking it's about. It's true with any of these things we're talking not with about. Right, we're not with regular community. We sure existed prior to that. Well, I know, but the groups didn't. This, of course this, they did. No, there was no, when there was no electricity, there was no bowling Yeah, alley. but there was a hunting group. There was a, yeah, there was okay, a cultural the groups group. Changed. So, so, so what this is, is a change of a type of group. But it's also a change of interactions in groups. Because sure. if I sit down with you and we have a conversation over a drink or have a conversation over a fire with dinner or all that jazz, that is 100% different in almost every single way than it is with people who are just going online, shouting out their opinion, and then having people go thumbs up, like, or hot, slick comment response. All that is totally different. It's not a real communication. It's you saying something smart, someone responding, and then you saying, wow, look at the smart thing I said, which everyone engages in that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not criticizing that's the point. I'm just saying that that's not an accurate representative of a representation of actual community. It's not. That's why people are so desperate to uh, be hurt. That's literally what it is. I just think it's an accurate representation of a different type of community. Yeah, but that different type of community can be bad. I, I don't, don't disagree with that. Any type of community can be bad. I'm not saying physical, that. Well, well, normal communities sure. can be terrible. I mean, don't you think this is just an evolution? Mm-mm. 
You don't think so? No, I don't. You I don't think, think that social media is just an evolving way of I think it's an artificial implementation is what I think. Well, yeah, it's it not like we naturally, it's not like it fell out of the sky. It's, and, it's something we created. And I think communication has to be reciprocated. In a lot of instances, this one thing that we're doing, people are watching, they're developing immunity from that, and we can see certain ways and be interacting and see facial expressions and all that. That's fine and all dandy. There's positives and negatives there. At the end of the day, though, us going out and talking to people who listen to our show or us going out and interacting with other podcasters has a net positive, in my opinion, higher than any of this ever will. That's my opinion. And I will be that. I'll have that opinion till I die until we maybe develop the AI to which we all become Bruce Willis from that one movie that we watched. That what was that movie? Yeah, what I was remember that? the movie. Oh, God, what was that movie? Um, uh, av- I want to say Avatar. No. But it, was, it was like he had an avatar. He was, that he, would go out and do things. But, don't, don't you, I think the funniest thing about it, it that I, 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 the funniest thing just on that movie note, the funniest thing that I remember from that movie is like he was all like super serious and super like badass in the simulation and then he came out of it he looked like he was absolute just a, shit. He was just, yeah, he was, he was, he was trashed. He was, he was older and he was, yeah. It, it, but I mean, I, it's also maybe that movie was a decent representation of what we're looking for. That's like Ready Player One to a different level, right? But I, I, I surrogates, surrogates. Yeah, I, I think you're wrong. Okay, not not that I never that's think okay. you're wrong. I kind of think you're wrong a lot, and Thanks. I'm glad you think I'm wrong a lot. Because, I don't think you're wrong a lot. And that's, and by the way, everybody, that's why this stuff works because people <laughs> can think they're wrong and still have a conversation. But I do think this is just an evolution of tools. I really do. I and I think I mean right now we're sitting in the studio. We've got well, microphones everywhere. You said tools. You know I always go tools back to that. Tools is different. I, it I, is a tool. We talked about evolution of humanity. Evolution of tools is different. But so okay. I'm I know making a deviation is, here. I'm, I, I'm sure it's a deviation and I know you're going to talk about deviation, mm-hmm. but my my point is is that everything is. Everything's a freaking tool. I mean society was different before somebody actually said, "Hey, you know that lightning started a fire over there. Why don't we keep that fire going and cook this cook this mammoth over here and mm-hmm. ooh that that smells good anybody want some seasoning salt on that thing you know that and and then hey how about instead of using this weird rock why don't we try to chip it into a a round circle so that we can use it as a wheel mm-hmm. you know I, I everything's a tool everything changes society everything we do outside of our own identity oh, that's a bad word to use today our own our self uh, our, our animal nature uh, everything outside of that is how do we use it? Yeah. That's all it is. But, and this is just another one of those all it is things. The problem with it is that it's going so fast that we as human beings can't keep up with it. So we're going off in these wild swinging directions, moving over to windows and changing yeah. all over the place, flip-flopping, and we're making life worse. Because but I don't, think, I don't think that that's purely because we can't keep up with it. I think it's because the people who created the tool can't control how you use the tool. That's why they have shadow banning. That's why they have. It's always been the case. No, it hasn't. If, sure I, handed, it has. if I handed you a, a hatchet and if I was an honest individual, I'd make a hatchet that would work for you. I can't okay. force you to use the hatchet I want, okay. I want you to. Yeah. yeah. Unless the first you're, person, you know, the first person that made a hatchet had one hatchet. But then nobody okay. else yeah, had a hatchet. Yeah, but no. And if nobody you're, else you're, knew how to make a hatchet, you're attacking. Guess what? You're attacking a part that I'm not making. You're attacking a part of my argument that I'm not making. He controlled the tool. Yeah, but if I give you a hatchet. 
Why if would I you make, give me one unless you kept one? Okay, now we're going down a different path. No, we're my, not. My, I'm yeah, just we are that's, because because I'm look, talking from the or I'm talking from the production standpoint. Never mind if I'm a douchebag or not. I'm an honest individual <laughs> who makes hatchets. You come and buy a hatchet from me. I give you a hatchet. I can't then just follow you to your house and force you to use the hatchet in the way that I want you no, to. No, what you do though is when you sold me that hatchet, you say, "Hey, by the way, I've got four other uses for this hatchet that nobody else knows about." Yeah, but that Let me wouldn't, show you that wouldn't mean. Yeah, but that does not mean that you only use them that way. No, but you've you've, you've you see, that's centered soft, that person. Yeah, but that's a soft a, influence. Hard influence? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the same. Okay, hard influence. Every is, time okay, you I, sold the hatchet, you told everybody there's only one use for that hatchet, and then people go and do what they want with it. I can't do that on this. I can't. Sure you can. No, if, you, if you want to become a hacker, you can. Uh, you, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, that's my you, point. You know, it's all in how you manipulate not, the tool. Not, I'm telling you, it's not. It, it, it's. It, I know for a point that it is. Like, There's an extent of your argument that I agree with. Then there's a point where it isn't. Like, I don't agree with it. There's a point where, oh, okay, I say one thing and I'm gone off the internet. I have no access to anything. I have no access to defend myself. Only the media and social and, and social media and the people who control it and the powers that be get to just buy my image for who I am. There's a point where you do not have control. And that thing, the line is very thin. It's because you very don't thin. own the hatchet. Okay, but again, the you're hatchet, borrowing it. The hatchet maker, normally when you bought it, would give hey, you the hatchet. Hey, bye, by the way. Here's, here's the hatchet. Mm-hmm. I made it for you. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want with it. Uh-huh. And then a week later, give me the hatchet back, and you're going to jail because you killed somebody with that hatchet. Okay, that you used not, it incorrectly, used it for same. a usage that it was it, never designed for. Yeah, look see, at Alfred Nobel. Yeah, but that's the Nobel still Prize. Not, what did he make originally? Does anybody know out there? I don't think there? that's the same. Why? Why not? Because it's because you're talking about extremes. We're utilizing the very extreme usage of a hatchet. Well, I'm it, talking about that's the what daily you do when you usage. make examples. You use extremes no. to make a converse. Uh, okay, opinion. so so the basic example of social media is oh, you time in to say you're to communicate, right? Because that's the idea, right? We all communicate on social media. That's the idea is to, to bring people together and to develop a group. Not to deviate, but to communicate and to develop a group. But there are rules that you don't know and I don't know. They're completely and totally opaque to the user, but not to the creator. The creator knows the rules, but you don't know the rules. If I buy a hatchet from you, you know what rule I know? Don't kill people with a hatchet because I'm a normal person and I haven't fallen on my head four times. So so here, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. That's why it's different. It is 100% different. It's not... Oh. Come on! If you're gonna make if you're gonna make an argument, you got to come up with something to make it. Okay, if you want to talk about uh, the internet or hatchets or anything else in a more a more accurate way, say okay, there's rules for this hatchet. You when you bought this hatchet for mm-hmm. me, I gave you a receipt. There was some really small letters that I engraved in the bottom of that hatchet. Don't kill said, someone. Okay, yeah. don't kill somebody, but also don't threaten anybody with but, it. But see, but those things don't I, threaten. Anybody I understand. With it. Yeah. Don't hold it up in front of anybody because somebody may think you're going to use it against them. Mm-hmm. And if we have witnesses that say you were going to threaten somebody with that hatchet, we're going to take the hatchet away from you. And you're like, I didn't threaten anybody with it. So then I was I'll, just showing so, my hatchet. So now you're proving my point. All no, of a sudden, I am you're an authoritarian. You all of a sudden, I you're didn't an authoritarian. All of a sudden, you're in an, in an authoritarian situation. And now you know the rule. So that's that's my whole point. Is it's not that the the hatchet. I get your point when it comes to you know the rules. I, I totally agree with you in that area. What I don't agree with though is this this belief that there that everything to the point from the point of creation was created in such a way that it, it's just it's 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 the tool that it was created to be. There's not some other purpose okay. that I think there was an other purpose created very early on. Okay, let me ask you one other question. Try try to. Get, I know you don't like my hatchet. <laughs> there you hey, go. We got to change the hatchet. Let's bury the hatchet. We could okay? talk. Oh, good one. That, you know what? That <laughs> so, was a, that was a good one. You get a little. You get a little applause. We're going to go ahead and do that. Just. 
There you go. Wow. Bury the hatchet. Thank you, thank that was good. That was very, very good. That was hold great. It, hold it. Well, yeah. Let's now let's mic, let's make let's make the people listening go so, deaf. So so <laughs> when when cell phones came out, okay, we could just use I, the BMW example that just happened. I don't remember that, but no, no. I, I let me. You can use that in a second. But mm-hmm. the when cell phones came out, everybody was like enamored with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had one that I could hear feel the heat on the other side of my head when I it used uranium. It. Yeah. So I'm probably going to pay for that later. Yeah, but, probably. But the the point is, is everybody drove around with the damn things up to their head all the time, mm-hmm. dialing them, riding with my knee. There's a story that Bale could tell you about me like writing something on a pad of paper, driving with my knee and having a phone like this. And she told on me, by the way, I did. even though I bought her ice cream. He said, said that if I didn't tell on him to, to mother bowl, mother then bowl? he would get me, <laughs> <laughs> right. He would get me dairy queen blizzard. And you still told on him. That's why she I would did. never include After you. I got yeah. the blizzard. I so I ensured in I got the bag she first. She ate every bit of that blizzard and then told on me anyway. I would never include you in a robbery. It was for his own good. He ever. shouldn't be driving but see, while this, looking at This is paper. the point I'm making. There was no law against it. The same. There was no understanding of the need to have any kind of rules mm. engaged in that because it was new. It was mm-hmm. a new tool. It was developing. It was evolving. Okay. This is this is my point with all this. So, there are a ton of things I hate about what we're... Look, it, the, the argument is really not that it's changing. The argument is not that there are rules or no rules. The no. argument is it's a rule right. Is, is it, it okay to show you my hatchet? No, the argument and have well, you understand? I'm not, not being not dangerous. Right? If the argument is the rule. Does the rule make sense? Because I think right okay. is is that's even better. I, so, I use the term right, but that's the wrong. Because if you get in a right car, is the wrong. If you get in a car with your phone right up wrong, to your ear, right. if you get in a car and your phone up to your ear and you crash and you kill somebody, that law makes sense. We shouldn't have that happen. If you get why in, is it, it the it, phone's fault? If the you're not paying fault? attention, is the user's fault? That's why okay, the user so that's goes. That's what to they jail. said about radios when it so, first came out. Okay, you know so that? so with that that's being that's what they said about cars when they replaced horses. So with that being said, it, 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 whether that's the case or not, my point being is if I'm sitting driving with a car in a car with a phone up to my ear, I'm distracted. There's a reasonable lot of that. If I log into my Facebook or my Instagram or my YouTube and I post something that isn't liked by majority of people who control the platforms, not what isn't liked by people who are on the platforms, what isn't liked by people who control the platforms. I get no traction. I get no audience. I get no people listening because Why they de- because they deem that idea a bad idea. That is no. totally different. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, you got that. No, the I wrong don't. Way. Yes, you do. Because do you just said if you don't get enough likes and everything, you don't no, get no, any traction. No, 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 no. They don't let you get any traction. There's the there's That's the, the issue. point I'm making. And again, that that is that is preferential treatment, mm-hmm. right? So they like something that they know is going to make them money. That's what they do. Well, I don't think it, I don't think that matters. I, I don't think it's sure about money. It I don't think it's about money. I don't. I've come to this conclusion, uh, Bull, that I don't think that it's about money. I think it's about power and control. Because there's well, plenty the of companies thing. that would. There's it's plenty of value. companies. There's plenty of companies that would support anybody who has an opinion that they align with. Now it's a matter of well, if I support that opinion, then I'm going to be canceled. And AWS is going to remove my ability to have a website. The banks are not going to let me invest. The government's going to tax me higher. That's when it's different between the argument of the hatchet that we're talking about and the argument of social media. Because now it's the controlling of thought. It's the controlling of opinion. It's the controlling of statement. That is different. Totally different game there. It's a, just a different power game. I, I said money, but the money is inconsequential without the power that it gives you. Mm. Money is 
paper. It's, yeah. I mean, it's value that we're talking about, power that we're talking about. And, and they all line up in the same direction. And I know they're different than a hatchet. I, know. I get that. <laughs> I know. But I, I'm, I'm just saying that the evolution of our civilization goes from a simple um, engineered feats, simple tools being created to very, very complex ones. That's what happens to human beings. Yeah. And those complex ones means there's additional challenges that never any anybody ever thought of. Well, if you're if you're an honest individual like all of us here, then you'd create something and let it be open source. You'd create something and let it be free market. You'd Some create do. something and let it be well kind of uh you create something and have it like you said, uh was it uh destabilized or not destabilized, decentralized mm-hmm. uh, finance. Mm-hmm. That's what an honest society would do, and that's what honest people in power would do. And this goes to our point on normalization of deviance. Um, originally coined and used by American sociologist Diane Vaughn, normalization of deviance describes the process in which deviance from correct and proper behavior or rule becomes normalized in government or corporate culture. A process where a clearly unsafe practice, or in my opinion, a clearly immoral practice, uh, to be considered normal if it does not immediately cause catastrophe. A long incubation period before a final disaster with early warning signs that were either misinterpreted, ignored, or missed completely. Ironically, this was used to describe the public's deviance from health measures during the early 2020s, health measures that later came out to be completely ineffective. So which party is engaging is in the deviance? Is it us or is it the people who created the rules or is it both? Um, tornado tornado of deviance, maybe? Is that what it should be changed to? A hurricane. Hurricane, the hurricane of, of deviance. deviance. <laughs> Sounds like a Russ, starring Russell Crowe. <laughs> I like that. Hurricane of deviance. <laughs> you, know, well, you know who can probably correct that hurricane for us? God. Bill Gates. Oh, God. He's got a patent just to do that. It's, it's, it's going to be real good, guys. <laughs> Trust me. Um, you know, they, what do they, what's the old saying? The only thing that stays the same is change, right? And, and that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? We're, again, this is the normalization of things that were not normal. This was is moving that window mm-hmm. to a place that is, was not collectively acceptable before to force it to be collectively acceptable. Yeah. And that's, that's and I think that's where I I get all riled up when, as you know, per a few minutes ago about social media because it's like I see that I see that because I was look, Beowulf, you and I were in a time when almost anything kind of went. I mean, yeah, almost anything went when it came to social media. Not almost, not anything, but almost anything. And then it came to this point where people were like, "Well, maybe we should have some rules." To I the think, point where it was an overcorrection. I mean, you guys I remember truly, Napster, right? <laughs> LimeWire. LimeWire. I think it was 2015-16 was when things really started to change on social Mm. media, I think. What happened then? Well, there's, yeah, there's the glaringly obvious um, correlation there, which may not be causation, but Donald Trump was elected in 2016, much to the anger and upset of very many people on social media at the time. Well, we mentioned his name. Uh, well, I think a, a shit pie uh, and the uh, the communications. He's thinking that, of a- Asia. Yeah, I call him shit pie. Yeah, um, the guy's actual who, name. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I, I refer to him as a shithead. Um, uh, the FCC thing with with uh, um, Asia pie. Yeah, he what was, was what, what was section section two thirty section two thirty. Well, he served um, as U.S. federal communications. 
Well, we don't. We don't need to go into him. He's a douchebag, and I don't want to talk about him. But but my, my, my wow. point. My point. He's a douchebag. I don't want him mentioned anymore. Like he's terrible. I don't like him in this home. I don't want his face anywhere near us because he's an evil individual. And the reason you I know, say that the wolf, the wolf. I think he needs a rabbit. Look, I think he's. I think he does. My biggest part about all this is is that because you brought that up, I think that that ties into it. I do because there was a point in time where there was a somewhat of a collective agreement and I'll, I'll let you get to it in a second. Somewhat of a collective agreement in which we all said, you know what? The internet is good. The internet is for everybody. The internet should have an area. Social media should have an area for anyone's opinion to a certain extent. And now it's no longer the case. If you're, if you're not in the group, then you're not allowed to say what you want to say. And that's plain and simple. It's it, and it won't change because these groups, these companies, these massive organizations, one that uh, a zip pie is a part of, uh, control the levers of the the technology and of the platform. I mean, perhaps. I thought you didn't want to talk about him, so I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna go <laughs> okay. over it anymore. Right. Hey, we can talk about anything here. There is no censorship. Can we? On I mean, we mentioned. We mentioned Donald Trump amongst already blacklisted. Us, amongst All us. I'm saying is, yes, there was different things on social media at the time. There was an era where, just like any industry, there is a period of time before regulation sits in, sets in. And that's with anything, right? There's a, It's the get in first while you can mm, type it's mentality. It's what's going on right now. With Think about TV. some of the biggest social media people like on Instagram. They're all moving to TikTok. They're all moving because it's, it's it's like there's always something else to move to because things get stale. And social media in its largest form, think of the type of content we consume now, which is mostly video type content in a scenario where you can keep watching it forever and it never runs out based on an AI platform or algorithm where you're just fed as much information and noise and visuals that appeal to you as much as possible. And every once in a while you get something you don't like, like I said earlier, and you're fed that need for validation. I want to get something I like as opposed to Back in 2012, 2000, you know, 13 was the, the, one of the coming ups of Instagram. It was just photos with filters on them. We've evolved a lot in just the past 10 years, I think, on social media. It's, it's changing dramatically and, and you can look in all kinds of places to, to see it. I mean, I, I remember a time when, when you were much younger, Bao, that, that every weekend, Maybe even during the week, we'd go see a movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that changed a lot. I was poor. Pandemic. I was not a part of that. I lived in, you a, were, no, I lived in well. a hovel, a box when I was younger. <laughs> TV was... But, but now, I, I mean, I, I think about that because I really enjoy the big screen. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a nice break to go do something like that. And I know everything is tainted by the couple of years of shutdowns and everything else. But the fact is, is that a lot of the content that's out today is much better in an eight episode. Uh, basic, those are movies. Well, Long, that's what they've been able well to do. Well entrenched movies. They've and been able to again, create it's, movies. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that's adapting. And you get invested. You know, right. you watch a, a season of something comes out, Stranger Things, for example. How many times did you see a Coca Cola can in Stranger Things? God. All over the place. The entire the show time. was a So they keep can. you hooked, they get you invested in the characters, mm-hmm. and they let you binge 12 hours of it within a couple of days 
Yeah, or so, eight hours of it, and then they leave you hanging for a year and a half. Yeah, so it's your better than the movie keeping you hanging for a year and a half in a series. Well, your existence is then again, like with social media, is entirely determined on that algorithmic addiction that you brought up earlier. It's all corporatized in the sense of okay, well, I get to watch a show eight episodes long, each with hour and a half, so it's over ten hours of my time. I can't snap <laughs> over 10 hour, hours of my time gone just completely gone I, I and and there's nothing wrong with that you want to you want to do that with your time that's fine but you know what you're not doing in that instance you're not paying attention to other things you're not engaging in anything outside of that you are just in a world that doesn't really exist that's been created by someone else that you are then tied into or you're scrolling endlessly all you're doing is just spending or, that, scrolling you've, endlessly. or that you figured out because of all the other stressors in your life you're doing some kind of version of escapism Mm. And that's truly the case for people like me. Well, let's 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 uh, let's let's segue into the final thing before we wrap up. I do think we should talk about a, a poetic form of confessional prose uh, by German Lutheran pastor Martin Nielmoller. Uh, Martin made confession. He lived from uh, 1892 to 1984. Martin made confession in his speech for the Confessing Church in Frankfurt on January 6, 1946. His poem is about the silence of German intellectuals and certain clergy, including himself, following the Nazis' rise to power and subsequent incremental purging purging of chosen targets in many groups. There are many versions of this, one specifically by the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust established by the British government, but we'll stick with the shorter version, which I need to adjust because it is technically incorrect. Um, And I quote, first they came for the communists and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Mm. Very, very important statement. Powerful. Mm. And Uh, I mean, this is also the type of thing that people use on both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. the, the type of thing. This is the mentality type of thinking, thinking. Um, and, and I think that that ties into that gradualism nature of things because it starts out as innocent. It starts out as something that is innocuous, something that is just not noticeable if it's done, you know, in a way that is holistic or, it's a big bang situation in which in a span of a few years, something changes so drastically that you feel like you're in a totally different world. Excuse me. I have the hiccups. <laughs> um, so I mean, that was very cute. It, oh, thanks. It, it, that's what it comes down to. And uh, I think there's a few things that we can do to combat it. And I think that we should chat about that briefly in the conclusion. Um, obviously we've discussed the boiling frog. We've discussed Ling Chi. We've discussed the normalization of deviance, um, creeping normality and that poem by Martin, Martin Neumuller. Uh, it might seem distressing, but I think there is some good news. Uh, frogs don't sit mindlessly, even in the water. Uh, if it is wonderfully warm, they, uh, soon to be boiling soup. They actually jump out, Um, But thankfully, the same applies to humans. There comes a a breaking point where we realize the narrative on any side is completely fabricated, and we can at any point choose to push back against it. Creeping normality and normalization of deviance aren't always net negatives, so there should be some thoughtful analysis before jumping into the deep end of fighting back. Because creeping normality is gradual, you'll most likely notice it after damage has begun to occur. The best way to combat this tactic, for it is a psychological tactic, is to evaluate the party pushing the agenda. Is it a little too much? Uh, is a little too much being asked of you? 
Are certain habitual activities coming to light as time goes on? Do intentions seem deceitful or honest? Asking these questions can help in determining if a party, group, politician, or even a friend is engaging in a soft or intentional form of creeping normality. The best way to fight back is to expose the problems uh, and address them head on. If someone or something is inflicting damage upon you, take control of the situation by establishing a boundary that you've identified the problem and that you're intent on preventing it in the future. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemies, and unfortunately that holds true especially today. Self-examination of your own behavior is is an absolute necessity and is likely a major reason why creeping normality is such a problem in society. We suffer right now from complacency. Um, And I think the best way to really work on these things is to talk about them and to understand where they come from and how to best address them. Because if, like... uh, Neil Moeller's poem goes, if no one says anything, if no one stands up to anything, if no one notices something and just goes along with the tool or the crowd, then it will inevitably end up where the, they will never inevitably end up where the train is going. What's the saying? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a interesting topic today. Um, I think a very good one and, and one that we could develop in a lot of different directions. Uh, I, I, I think that, it's plainly obvious to people like ourselves that sit around and talk about these subjects of some of these things that's happening. Now we may have our own set of biases because we're human beings and most human beings do. And, and we have our view of where the Overton window should be and should not be, but we're also open to the idea of it shifting in different ways or gradually expanding or contracting when necessary. The problem is, is that there is always, it seems like at the end of this, these conversations or behind the, the the narratives that we hear a small but very focused group of individuals or companies or governments that want to keep or expand the power base that they have. Mm. To Wolf's point, though, human beings are never as, as stupid as people think they are. Mm. They just aren't. People are way more intelligent than than people think they are. They see things, they understand them, they feel them. You can go in a million different ways, including metaphysical, as to why they do and why they do not for a different podcast someday. On, like, go back to the DMP type, type of stuff we talked about before. But the fact is, is they're not stupid. They see this stuff coming, and hopefully they understand before there's no other voice left to help them that they need to help themselves. Yeah. Anything to add, Bale? I mean, that was a great cherry on top. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our episode. Uh, we hope that this episode has given you some food for thought when it comes to creeping normality and how that applies to your life, um, you know, whether on social media or personally. Um, definitely think it's something to be observational of, especially for a healthy um, psychological existence. Um, this obviously, as we've said in the little disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, uh, for our listeners, I don't believe, yeah, there, no, there is no one for the YouTube. Um, this is opinion. It's not meant to be um, like advice um, uh, in relation to like anything psychological or there uh, in relation to therapy, you need to go see someone. If you feel like there's something that you need help with, I would recommend you go and do that. Um, but this is merely just information to jog your brain a bit. Uh, just think about some things that normally people don't think about. Um, but yeah, I hope, you know, we hope you enjoyed it. And thanks again for tuning into another episode of the Wolf and Bull. Um, 
If you'd like to subscribe, yeah. you should right yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, subscribe. We're going to have just a... click on that bull's face. Bull's face. Yeah, That's we'll what have, you need. We'll oh, have no, a, I'm not bull's face. Wolf's face. Don't put my face up. We'll have a little button at the very end that Actually, you should put a bale's face. Unless we you, could. Yeah. This is all in post that has to be done next week because I'm pushing this out in a day. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you restart that little segment right there? Oh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. We can't wait to see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Wolf and Bull podcast with your host, the Wolf and Bull. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from the Wolf and Bull, you can tune in via our weekly episodes available on nearly every major listening platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Wolf and Bull. You can follow us on YouTube at the Wolf and Bull podcast and at our website, thewolfandbull.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.